Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams, and I want to thank you for joining us on this broadcast. If you're listening in podcast or um, uh, in or, or video, thank you as well. And please, if these are if the Lord is using these to impact you, share them so that He can do that with others. Thank you for that, and uh, thank you again for joining us. Let me ask you this: Have you ever struggled to trust God? I know I have. And in some way or another, so has every person I've ever talked with, counseled, mentored, discipled, or worked with, including those who counseled, mentored, or worked with me. Well, at least we have some really good company, right? The apostles or disciples. Jesus handpicked 12 who struggled with their faith as well. At times, Jesus scolded them in love. And at times, he simply pointed out what they needed to be prepared for and let them live and learn which was not at all easy. That's what we've been talking about over the past week or so, using examples from Scripture in Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest devotional to encourage and challenge us to a deeper faith in Christ. Now, if you missed any of those or yesterday's, uh, check it out at loveandlordship.com, loveandlordship.com. A and D in the middle, spell it all out, put it together. You can watch watch on the on the watch tab, the videos. You can listen to podcasts on the listen tab. And then there's a read tab for articles. We have events going on with the ministry. I want to thank you for, for that. And uh, if, you're, if you would like your church or organization to uh, have Love and Lordship come and share uh, in, a, in a one-time thing or a series or a conference or a retreat, we'd love to do that. That's what we do as well as if you're interested in one-on-one discipleship with as men and within marriages. I do that as well. So contact me at loveandlordship at gmail.com, loveandlordship at gmail.com. I'd love to talk with you or connect with you. And thank you for doing that. Why all this discussion regarding our misunderstanding or, for, or, or, or better or worse yet, our dislike or disagreement with what Jesus had to say and what God has revealed to us about his truth and what it requires of us. I thought grace just covered all of that. And when I miss something or don't like it, would rather have it and do it my way, then God just dismisses my rejection or disagreement with him and forgives me because of grace. Well, he does forgive us, but it's not so we will continue to disagree, dislike, and ultimately reject his truth and live the way we want, it's so we will be able to better understand his love for us. And in return, we choose to walk in faith, even when these seeming contradictions of thought and emotions and experiences and expectations cause us to desire to do it our way instead of his. That's why faith is essential. So I can learn to walk in his truth when my natural emotions and flesh and the world and the enemy and even my own reasoning don't agree with him. I learn to walk where he leads, even and especially when I can't see, feel, or discern based upon my senses, emotions, and experiences. How's all this possible? I thought that grace just covers it no matter how I live. The only way it's possible is because of what we find as today's title for Chambers' message in our episode, and it's right in line with what we have just celebrated. And I have to say again, happy Resurrection Day and Easter. Happy Good Friday. 
We're about a week removed from Good Friday and a few days from Resurrection Day. And we're going to talk today in Chambers, uh, My Utmost for His Highest. The title is The Collision of God and Sin. Now, in the devotional book, it appears on April the 6th or on April 6th at myutmost.org if you're following along there. But before we go any further, let's just pause and think about that title, that phrase for just a moment, the collision of God and sin. How in the world can that happen? A sovereign, perfect, holy God coming in touch with, colliding, crashing into sin. I thought that God and sin could never intersect, much less collide. How can this be? Well, the answer lies in grace, and we'll see throughout today's message and beyond, there's only one way that this could happen, and our text today comes from Peter himself, one who knew what that grace was all about, what it was all about, because he, like me and you, so greatly needed and still need it. How in all the universe, in all of creation, in all the world, could God ever come in contact with sin, much more so allow it to collide or crash into him? Well, we find our answer in the God-man of Jesus Christ and in today's scripture text from 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. There it is. God in the flesh, in Christ, not only colliding with sin, but becoming sin and therefore bearing all our sins on the cross. The sin of every human being that ever lived, he not only bore, but he became that sin. God himself as sin. Now, that's inconceivable. And yet it happened for you and for me and for Peter, and for all who, who choose to believe they can have what comes with that. But we have to ask, what in the world was God thinking? Oh, yeah, he was thinking about Peter and you and me and our eternity without him. So he allowed himself to become flesh so it could bear everything that separates us in the crash with sin so we, by grace, could be set free and enter into that relationship with him. Why would you ever choose to add to that sin? And yet we do, and he is still gracious. Chambers says it like this. The cross of Jesus is the revelation of God's judgment on sin. Never tolerate the idea of martyrdom about the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross was a superb triumph in which the foundations of hell were shaken. There is nothing more certain in time or eternity than what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Now listen carefully, because this is what he did it for. He switched the whole of the human race back into a right relationship with God. He made redemption the basis of human life. That is, he made a way for every son and daughter of man to get into communion with God, to be in a relationship. Meditate on that for a while. The cross did not happen to Jesus. He came on purpose 
for it. Let me say that again. The cross did not happen to Jesus. He came on purpose for it. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, Chambers says. The whole meaning of the incarnation, Christmas, right, is the cross, Good Friday, and the tomb, Resurrection Sunday. Beware of separating God manifest in the flesh from the Son becoming sin. The incarnation, the flesh, was for the purpose of redemption so that it could be sacrificed in the veil, not just the temple veil. That was just a symbol. The actual thing that separates you and me from God is our flesh, our sinful flesh. Christ was torn. The veil was torn to represent that so we could have access to God. He made the way. God became incarnate for the purpose of putting away sin, not for the purpose of self-realization. That's why the greatest self-help books in the world, including the Old Testament, could never work. They could never save us. But the Old Testament is different in that it was written so you'd realize that self-help can never get the job done. It pointed us to the incarnate Christ and his sacrificial grace and gift. The cross is the center of time and eternity, the answer to the enigmas of both. And he brought them together. The cross is not the cross of a man, but the cross of God. And the cross of God can never be realized in human experience other than the humanity of Christ. The cross is the exhibition of the nature of God, love itself, the gateway whereby any individual of the human race can enter into union with God. When we get to the cross, we do not go through it. We abide in the life to which the cross is the gateway. The center of salvation is the cross of Jesus. And the reason it is so easy to obtain salvation is because it costs God so much. And he freely gives it to all who believe and live by faith. The cross is the point where God and sinful man merge with a crash. And the way to life, eternal life, is opened. But that crash is on the heart of God. Food for thought as we wrap up. I hope and pray that you will never again see grace, forgiveness, love, Christmas, God in the flesh, and Good Friday, the perfect flesh becoming sin and sacrifice for all mankind, all who will believe. I hope you never see any of those the same again. How in the world can we so cheapen grace when we realize all that it costs God and Christ for us to receive it? How have or will you respond to that kind of mercy, grace, and love? Not only in receiving it as the free gift that it is, but in living it out and becoming holy just as He is holy because He collided with sin on the cross of Christ so that He could make you holy. What kind of love are you showing him? Love in action. Number one, spend time with God and his word and prayer and listening every day. Check out the text in this message or start with the gospel of John. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you as you spend that time and moving forward throughout your each day. Number three, reflect on and journal what it means that God collided personally and sacrificially with your sin in Christ. 
Journal how this affects how you see and respond to Christmas and Good Friday. And then number four, what changes in thinking and living do you need to make as you realize what it costs God to crash into and forgive your sin? Make it personal. How will you now live for him? What will you do to help others see and know of his collision with their sin and the freedom they can have because he was willing to make it happen? Wow, it's incredible. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, join us tomorrow as we welcome our co-host, David Walls, our good friend from the Family Foundation, and you're going to hear his excellent takes on this year's legislator and legislation and the impact it has on us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, likely, because we're getting near the end of that now, right? Be sure to invite family, friends, loved ones, and enemies so they can hear these messages and even these insights into our legislature and culture that should help us know how to live in Christ. Check out loveandlordship.com for more. You can, you can watch, listen, read there. You can give. Our gift tab's near the upper right. And uh, you can check out events and come to them. We'd love to have you there. Or invite us into your church organization as the Lord leads. You can do that at loveandlordship at gmail.com. Connect with me there, loveandlordship at gmail.com. And if the Lord is leading you to give, click on that Give tab and give. All donations are fully tax deductible, and we greatly appreciate every one of them. We also appreciate your prayers. But if the Lord, keep praying for us if you see that, but the Lord may be leading you in another direction. If he's leading you to give to another kingdom ministry, then follow through in obedience to that. Thanks for joining us. Thanks always for your prayers and to the Lord. Make it a great day, and God bless in Christ. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.